Let's turn to 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. 2 Corinthians chapter number 8. Last week we saw in 1 Peter 5.10 that our God is the God of all grace. Amen? God is the God of all grace. And I'm glad for that because we need grace in our life. Our main text for last week and for this portion of our series on what God has given believers is actually 2 Peter 1, 2. And we, we're looking at last week and this week, we're looking at that from that verse that grace is multiplied to us through the knowledge of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Grace is multiplied to us through the knowledge of God and our Savior, Jesus Christ. Now, understand that when we came to know the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior, uh, we were reconciled to God, praise the Lord, and that was our first knowledge or experience of the primary grace that God has given to us, and that's His saving grace. Amen. You remember the day you got saved? Remember the time that you got saved? I, I remember it like it was yesterday. And what a blessing it was to, to be freed from my sin, to be forgiven of my sin, and to know that I have a home in heaven. After one becomes a believer, a whole lot of graces come into play. Our life becomes full of God's grace. And the more we come to know God, both through His Word and through His help, listen, He, he helps us in the experiences of life, and we, and we learn by grace His help, don't we? And the, the more that we, we learn from the Word of God and by His help in our life experiences, the more we become aware of God's graces in our life. Now, the fact is, as we said last week, we move from one grace to another as we journey in this life uh, of ours. And grace, we said, is added to grace in our lives as believers. In fact, we said believers' life is the constant reception of one evidence of God's grace on top of another evidence of God's grace. It's just like the waves coming in on the ocean, one wave after another in our life of God's grace, one, one wave of God's grace after another. And last week we began by looking at some of the different types of grace that are multiplied in our lives as believers. And we, we actually saw five last week. We're only going to look at one today, all right? But last week we saw God's safeguarding grace, how the Lord kept us safe to the point that we came to a saving knowledge of Him. And I shared with you a couple of personal examples of how I almost lost my life twice before I came to know Jesus. You know, when you look at that, you understand, hey man, I could have been out into eternity. Um, and uh, thank the Lord that uh, He gave me His safeguarding grace to the point that I came to know Him. But we don't know how long that safeguarding grace is going to last, do we? Saving grace. Boy, we were glad when that happened. If you don't have His saving grace this morning, listen, you can leave here with it. Uh, and then we talked about securing grace. And if you have God's saving grace, then listen, it's a secure grace. He, he, he's he's going to keep you saved. You have His securing grace if you have His saving grace. Then we looked at sanctifying grace, how that God has set apart believers for His purposes. And we looked at serving grace, how that God will give us the grace to do whatever He wants us to do. So last week we saw those five different evidences of God's grace and, and we're not done even after we get done with this one today uh, because there, there's a total of 15 in all that we're looking at and there's a possibility uh, of even more. I don't think that, that I'm going to exhaust God's grace 
no, not going to happen. God's grace is, is more exhausted, exhausted than we could ever cover. But this morning, let's see and understand just one more grace that comes our way as believers. And this is a tough one that many folks don't think about, and that is how God multiplies His sacrificing grace in our lives. Gives us the ability to sacrifice on behalf of Him. God multiplies His sacrificing grace. And before we read the text today, let's think about what it means to sacrifice. The term often suggests the surrendering, giving up, giving something up, or, or suffering loss on the behalf of another. And we're talking about giving something up for the Lord, you know? Giving something up uh, on His behalf. It's, it's what comes to mind when we think what Christ Himself gave Himself up for us there at the cross of Calvary. Amen. He was nailed to that cross. He sacrificed Himself so that all of us that are here today and really anybody in the entire world can come to a saving knowledge of Him and have heaven as their home. But that comes by repentance and faith. And it's the only way it comes. But our Lord Jesus Christ is the epitome of sacrificing grace. And... Understand that even though the example of sacrificing grace that we will see this morning in our text deals with sacrificing in the area of the giving of our money, uh, that's not all, that's not the only area of sacrificing that God gives us grace in. God may call you, cause you to, to give up something else other than money on His behalf. It might be that He calls you to a mission field. And say, so, well, I can't ever see that happening. I can never see myself standing behind a pulpit and preaching either, but here I am. <laughs> you know, I, I, I was called by God to sacrifice and gave up the life that I, I could have had a well-paying job. It was in the accounting world. I was making, making good money. Could have made plenty of money doing that. But, but the God called me to, uh, to preach His Word. And uh, you know, I'm, I'm not bragging on that. I'm just saying God calls us to sacrifice in different areas. God may call you to a, a mission field somewhere. He may call cause you to uh, to give up something else in uh, on His behalf. But here in Second Corinthians chapter number eight, I want us to read the first nine verses, and we're going to pay close attention to verse number seven. So Second Corinthians eight and uh, verse number one, Paul writes here. He says, "Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit." In other words, he's making you aware of, is what that means. We do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. For to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power, they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. And this they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us by the will of God. Insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace also. Therefore, as ye abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge 
and in uh, all diligence and in, in, in your love to us. Notice this. This is, this is the key right here. See that ye abound in this grace also. The, the sacrificing grace. In this, in this case, it's a, it was giving. Giving a, great, a giving grace. He says, I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others, and to prove the sincerity of your love. For ye know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that ye through his poverty might be rich. Now, while making his third missionary journey, Paul was collecting money for the impoverished believers that were in Jerusalem. Now, these churches of Macedonia, the dimensions there in verse number one, these were the churches of Philippi and Thessalonica and Berea. Those were the churches in Macedonia. And in the first verse here, Paul calls this the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. And then he talks about their great sacrificial giving. In fact, uh, this is a as it's kind of coincidence. We have Miss uh, um, Birds here. And this this uh, chapter here, this these verses that we're dealing with, have a lot to do uh, with a, a faith promise giving. You know, you've probably heard it preached many times. Uh, faith promise given, how we give to see that missionaries can go on the field. Uh, we and uh, that that comes out of this passage. But let's take a look here. And we, we see that this, uh, this speaks of the great sacrificial giving. Understand that, that God had given a special grace to these churches. Now, churches are made up of people. Okay? We're talking about people had to sacrifice. These, he, he, when they, uh, we understand the this, this special grace to these churches was given by God that allowed them to trust Him, trust Him, trust God, and give beyond themselves and their Ability, And I want us to see the characteristics of this kind of sacrificial giving that we see here. And that's why I gave you a handout this week, okay? Uh, these are long, and I didn't want you to get lost in trying to write all of it down. So you got the bare bones outlined there to kind of help you see uh, what we're dealing with this week. First of all, we see their sacrificial giving was made because of the grace that God bestowed on these churches. So what, that's what he says there in verse 1. Moreover, brethren, we do you to wit of the grace of God bestowed on the churches of Macedonia. But grace for sacrificial giving comes from grace we've received from the Lord. That's where it comes from. He's the God of all grace. And if you have the grace to give, it's going to come from the Lord. Remember last week I said that God gives us grace for grace. Or grace on top of grace. Amen. And this is one of those graces that's on top of the saving grace that we have in our lives. Now, these churches, and when I say churches, I'm talking about the members that make them up and collectively together as a group of believers. They were already recipients of God's saving grace. We know that from verse number 9. So, for you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, that she through his poverty might be rich. And, and all of us that are saved by God's grace, we're, we're rich in the things of Christ Jesus because of Christ humbling himself and coming and giving him his life for our life. So, they were already recipients, just, just as much as the Corinthian church. 
Okay, understand the Corinthian church were recipients of the saving grace of God as well um, as the churches of Macedonia. Now, uh, these churches of Macedonia, their grace in giving was tied to their already having received grace from the Lord. And the same should be true in our giving. Grace in giving comes from our having received grace. You see what God has done for you. You receive that grace that he's given you and you want to give something back to him. And that's, that's the way it works. I mean, we want, we want to give back on behalf of the Lord. And just as their saving grace came from trusting the Lord, listen, their grace in giving, this, this sacrificing grace also came as they trusted the Lord. And you're going to have... Uh, sacrificial giving in your life is going to come from a God working in your life and he's going to give you the grace to be able to do that. Second thing we see here, their sacrificial giving was made while they were in a great trial of affliction. He mentions that in verse number two. This, these churches of Macedonia were not rich churches. They were going through, they were going through great difficulty themselves. So look, notice verse two. How that in a great trial of affliction, the abundance of their joy and their deep poverty abounded unto the riches of their liberality. As I said, these were not rich churches in the sense of material goods. It's easier to give out of an abundance, but even when we are going through a tough time, maybe financially ourselves, the Lord can give us His sacrificial grace to give. I could give you uh, example after example over the years in my own personal life in giving to missions, the sacrifice to give to missions. Uh, my wife and I, a lot of times, would forego buying us something we needed just so we could give to missions on top of our regular normal giving. Uh, and God would bless, and he would meet our needs. And, and a lot of times, uh, our clothes would not wear out. You know, we, we, he, he would see that, uh, that they would last us a while and, and our, our cars, you know, would, would last a while and we thank God for that. But these churches that we see here, the churches of Macedonia were not self-centered. I want you to understand that. They were not self-centered. The sacrificing grace that was upon them was not smothered by their own troubles and trials. They were going through great trials but they wanted to be a blessing to somebody else. And sacrificial grace, listen, allows us to see that it is not us that's giving. Okay? We're trusting the Lord to give through us. And it's, that's how it goes. God gives through us. Our dependence is not on our resources, but on God. And that is the way of how faith promise works. Uh, and uh, you, we, we, we give. The Lord lays on our heart the amount to give. We give that amount and we trust the Lord to provide. And uh, I, I can tell you that He is faithful to do that if you are faithful to, to, uh, uh, to, to depend upon Him. Third thing that we see here, also that found in verse number 2, is that their sacrificial giving was made with an abundance of, of joy. Think about this now. They are in great trial of affliction, but they also had an abundance. <laughs> abundance of their joy. Had deep poverty, 
but they had great joy. They were glad to be able to make the sacrifice. The gifts that we see them giving here uh, for this church in Jerusalem that was going through terrible times uh, because of persecution. And uh, the, the, these gifts were not given grudgingly, uh, but uh, they were given, these, these folks were glad to make this sacrifice. They were not given grudgingly, but with joy. And the joy of Christ was in their hearts. Now, listen to the words of the Apostle Paul to the elders in uh, Ephesus as he addresses them as he's departing them and heading back to Jerusalem. And he told them in Acts 20 and verse 35, he says, I have showed you all things, how that so laboring ye ought to support the weak. And to remember the words of the Lord Jesus, how he said it is more blessed, blessed to give than to receive. Amen. It is blessing to be able to give in it. Then it through your, through your heart whenever you, you give and you see the effect that that has on someone else. These churches in Macedonia had their focus on helping others. Rather than on the sacrifice that they were making or the effect that it was going to have on themselves. You know, they didn't look to themselves as they, you know, if I do this because the Lord is putting in my heart to do this, the God, the God's going to take care of my needs. That's how they were giving. And uh, praise the Lord for that. It gave them joy to be able to help. That, and that's the very best type of giving. It's a joyful giving. Look at there uh, in 2 Corinthians chapter number 9 and verse number 7. Chapter 9, we're in chapter 8, but look at chapter 9, verse 7. Every man, well, let's back into verse 6. But this I say, he which soweth sparingly shall reap also sparingly. He that soweth bountifully shall reap also bountifully. Every man, according as he purposes in his heart, so let him give, not grudgingly or of necessity, for God loveth a cheerful giver. And uh, we ought to give uh, in the way that pleases the Lord best. And he, he loves it when we are joying. Uh, we, we, we joy in our ability to give, his ability to give through us, actually. Fourth thing here, we see in, also in verse 2, their sacrificial giving was made in spite of their own deep poverty. Now, this, this was sacrificial giving in its purest form. They were poor themselves, but they wanted to help. Uh, they were poor themselves, but wanted to help. Remember Jesus saying that the widow who cast her two mites into the treasury, he was looking at what folks were putting in there, and, he, and she cast two mites in there. He said, this, this widow gave more than all of you gave. Because she cast in all her living. She cast it all in. Others gave out of their abundance. But she gave all that she had because her dependence was on the Lord. The late Dr. John R. Rice said this. He said, The grace of giving is measured partly by poverty. Not by the amount given, but by what is left. The requirement of Jesus for discipleship was not one-tenth, but that a man forsaketh all that he hath. According to Luke 14, 33. Listen, when we come to realize that everything we have, everything that we have, not just talking about monetarily, if you are the Lord's, everything you have belongs to the Lord. You are the Lord's. And God does not require every man to sell all he has and give it away. But he does require that our loving hearts will count all that we have 
to be his and, and gladly subject we subject what we have to his control to give or keep as he moves upon our heart. Amen. We, we give according to what the Lord moves upon us, not according to, well, this is how much I've got and this is what I'm going to give. It's like, Lord, what would you have me to do? Okay. And you give based upon what the Lord would have you to do. Too many times folks only want to give if it's not going to cost them anything. Uh, good story in, in uh, 2 Samuel 24. I'm not going to turn there, but it's a story about how David sinned and numbering the people of, of Israel. God sent a pestilence among the, his men as a punishment, and 70,000 of his men lost their lives before the angel of the Lord stopped the pestilence by the threshing floor of Araunah, the Jebusite. David was given a message from the Lord by Gad to go and offer a sacrifice to the Lord at that threshing floor. When you read that story, you'll find that when he got there, Araunna wanted to give David the threshing floor and give him something on, to sacrifice on that. But David knew that that wouldn't be much of a sacrifice because that wouldn't cost him anything. And he, he, and he said in 2 Samuel 24, 24, And the king said unto Ariona, Nay, but I will surely buy it of thee at a price. Neither will I offer burnt offerings unto the Lord my God of that which doth cost me nothing. So David bought the threshing floor and the oxen for 50 shekels of silver. That made it a sacrifice when it cost him something. So these folks at the churches of Macedonia, their sacrificial giving was made in spite of their own deep poverty. Then the fifth thing we see, their sacrificial giving was made willingly and beyond their power to do so. Again, this, this was not in their power to give like they gave. It was beyond them. In fact, Paul recognized that and he kind, of, he kind of tried to put a damper on what they were wanting to do. He could see how great of an affliction they were in and they literally had to beg Paul to take the gift. Look at verse 3 and 4. For to, to their power I bear record, yea, and beyond their power they were willing of themselves, praying us with much entreaty that we would receive the gift and take upon us the fellowship of the ministering to the saints. They believed that the Lord would bless them and provide for their needs even if they gave according to, uh, you know, if they were to give and they gave abundantly, but they were giving according to His grace that was upon them. They saw the Lord moved upon me to give this. If the Lord moved upon me to give this, I'm going to give and I'm going to trust the Lord. That was the giving. And the question this morning is, do we have that kind of faith in our giving? Look at uh, 2, Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 9 there again. Look at verse number 8. It says there in 2 Corinthians 9 verse 8, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you. Remember, He's God of all grace. And the God of all grace can make all grace abound toward you. That ye always having all sufficiency in all things, may abound to every good work. God's able. Amen. Many times we're not able. We look at, the, we look at what we have and we wonder what we're going to do now. You know? 
But we don't. We, what we do is we trust the Lord. And when the Lord moves upon our heart to give what we have uh, for His, His purposes, and we, we trust Him, listen, He's not going he's, he's to be in debt to you. I can, I can assure you of that. We see a sixth thing here. Their sacrificial giving was made after first giving of themselves to the Lord. That's, this is key. Okay, verse, verse number 5. says, And this they did, not as we hoped, but, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and to us by the will of God. The money they gave was incidental because they first gave themselves to the Lord. Lord, we're yours. You tell us what to do. We'll take our marching, marching instructions from you. If the Lord has us, listen, then we will see and understand that whatever we have is not really ours, but it belongs to the Lord. Everything I have belongs to the Lord. And if the Lord wants me to use it for His purpose in any, in any way, it's His to be able to use that way. Now let me ask you this morning, does the Lord have you? Now, you say... Uh, Preacher, of course he has me. I'm, I'm saved this morning. Well, I'm, that's good. If you're saved uh, by his grace, uh, you have the Lord. But does the Lord have all of you? You've got all of the Lord. You've got all of him that you needed at the time that uh, you trusted him. But does he, have, does he have all of you? Does he have you? Does he have your attention? Does he have uh, your dependence upon him? For more than just salvation. Amen. Seven thing, seven, number seven here. Their sacrificial giving was made in addition to their providing for the needs of the men of God. Now I like this. Verse number, look at verse number five again. This they did, not as we hoped, but first gave their own selves to the Lord and unto us. Paul's talking about himself and those that are ministering with him. And unto us by the will of God. Now, they didn't rob from Paul to be able to give to the churches, church in Jerusalem. They didn't do that. That's not what they did. Now, they were going to take care of Paul's needs too. They didn't rob from Paul and the other men that were with him in order to give for this special need of the Jerusalem church. And listen, a lot of times folks in their giving, what they'll do is they'll say, well, I'm going to give to this special need over here out of my tithe. You know, that's not the way you're supposed to do. The tithe belongs to the Lord. It's for the needs of the local church. If God moves upon your heart to give somewhere else, trust Him to be able to give it. Amen? Trust Him. Have your dependence upon Him. Right? I mean, God wants you to take care of the needs here, and He designated the tithe to take care of His local church. And then last of all, we want to see here in uh, number eight, their, their sacrificial giving was an example to be emulated by others. Again, uh, let's read verses six through eight. And we see, uh, he says, insomuch that we desired Titus, that as he had begun, so he would also finish in you the same grace. What grace? This sacrificial grace. This ability to give beyond themselves. Therefore, notice here, 
Verse 7, Therefore, as ye abound, talking to the Corinthian church, as, as you abound in everything, in faith and utterance and knowledge and in all diligence and in your love to us, see that ye abound in this grace also. I speak not by commandment, but by occasion of the forwardness of others and to prove the sincerity of your love. The Corinthians church abounded in faith, utterance, knowledge, diligence, and in love for the men of God. But Paul desired that they abound in the grace of giving also. The grace of giving. I'm afraid that too much of what we do for the Lord is done without sacrifice. We live in a land of plenty, don't we? We just really do. I mean, if we've sacrificed anything for Jesus, He gave us both the example of and the grace do it. That's what verse nine talks about. He said, "For you know, he, he and 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 asking them to follow the example of the churches of Macedonia, he brings to mind what the Lord Jesus Christ had done for them. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus, that though he uh, was rich, yet he uh, for yet for your sakes he became poor, that she through his poverty might be rich." I wonder this morning, do you abound in, the, in this grace of sacrificial giving? In, in verse 8 there, we see that Paul did not order it. It's not an order, it's not a command. Okay? You, can, you can leave here today, and if you don't abound in, in sacrificial giving, you know, it's, it's, you're not going to be against the commandment that, uh, that the Lord has given here. Paul did not order or command it. That's what he says in verse 8. He didn't order this Corinthian church to do this. But he did encourage them to do it based upon their love for the Lord. And I'm going to do the same thing. That you do it based upon your love for the Lord. If we think about and dwell on the grace that we've received in Christ, the Spirit of God will cause this grace of sacrificial giving to become a part of an integral part of our life. I want you to turn to one other place of Scripture here as we close. Look at uh, Philippians chapter number 3. Philippians chapter 3. I'll take you back to uh, when, when Paul got saved and Paul spoke of his sacrifice in coming to Christ. You know, when we came to Christ, we, we repented of our sin and trusted the Lord. Amen? And for uh, for the Apostle Paul, uh, he was a very religious individual. Uh, he was a Jew's Jew. He was a Pharisee's Pharisee. Um, had a lot of things that people would say, boy, you got a lot of things going for you. But what, what he did is he counted it all but loss to embrace Christ. Notice verse number 4. <clears throat> verse number 4. And Paul says here, he says, Though I might also have confidence in the flesh. Okay? And if any other man thinketh he have whereof he might trust in the flesh, I am more. Circumcised the eighth day of the stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, of Hebrew of the Hebrews, touching the law of Pharisee, concerning zeal, persecuting the church, touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. But what things were gained to me, those I counted loss for Christ. Yea, doubtless, and and I count all things but loss for the excellency of the knowledge of Christ Jesus my Lord, 
for whom I have suffered the loss of all things and do count them but dung that I may win Christ. And I tell you, you know, if you're not saved this morning, uh, if there's something that is keeping you back from trusting the Lord, you need to do like the Apostle Paul did and say, I'm going to count that as loss in my life. And I'm going to come trust the Lord and the Lord alone for my salvation. After his coming to Christ, Paul then, we know, when we read about his life in the Scripture, he made great sacrifices, didn't he? We read about them all through the Scripture here. In New Testament Scripture, as his coming to Christ, Paul made great sacrifices for the Lord. Paul gave his all for Christ because Christ had given his all for Paul. And Paul knew, I can never outgive my Lord. And he willingly did that. And he joyfully did it. And he wrote from, from a prison. He writes to the Philippians, Rejoice in the Lord always. And again I say rejoice. He wrote that from prison. Because he was rejoicing even though he was in prison. We can have the joy of the Lord also. And I trust that the joy, Christ's joy will fill your life. And not only His joy will fill your life, but His grace not only the saving grace, not only the, the, uh, uh, the other graces that we talked about, but also this grace, this sacrificial grace of giving. Amen. Let's bow in prayer. Father, we thank you today for your great love for us. We thank you for what Christ did on our behalf. And Lord, we know that you are the God of all grace. And we know that you're able to do exceeding abundantly above anything that we could ever ask you to do. Lord, you want us to depend upon you. When you move upon our heart to give for some cause, whether it be missions or whether it be we see someone in great need and you, you prick our heart and, and uh, you, t- you, you want us to do something, help us not look at our resources, but to look at you and Say, Lord, I know you want me to do this. I'm trusting you. Help us to do it in a way that was pleasing to you. Trusting you is a part of our faith. Not faith that's going to get us to heaven. Our faith in Christ, Christ alone, that's what gets us to heaven. The, The things that we do later, the giving that we give is by your grace also, but it's out of the great love that we have for what you did for us. Now, Lord, I don't know the heart of anybody that's here today. But I pray if there's one here today that doesn't know Christ and Him alone for salvation, if they don't have never come to a saving knowledge of Jesus, that today will be the day that they come. Lord, help us who know You to be willing to trust You in all things, realizing that all that we have, all that You've given to us, and all that we are now that we're saved, we've been bought with a price, and we're to glorify You in all that we have. Help us to see that. Have your way in this invitation, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's stand if you're able.